to another edition of the Parrot Podcast this week. I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. Hey, fellas. And of course, Ham. Yep. Now, just before we start, I want to get into a fucking rant. Now, I had this fucking moron manly supporter sitting behind me last week. Oh, why are you booing? It's the correct decision. Fucking correct decisions. Marty Tapao should have been sent. Sent. That was a disgraceful act. And then after that, every single one of their points came off the back of a referee error. One coming with two knock-ons when they set it up to a bloody bunker and they still didn't get it right. I tell you what, Manly should have been nowhere near that game. Uh, it was a travesty, terrible refereeing. I think looked. I, I looked forward to my apology from Ansley, and um, <laughs> that's my rant to start off. Uh, uh, so we're done here, boys. That's that's it. Let's pack up, it up. That's pretty it, much point, it. Point and done. I tell you what, the bloke was chirpy, and then as soon as Kevin's got uh, binned, he said, "Well, we're coming back now. You haven't seen anything now, yo, yo, <laughs> And then as soon as semi, uh, sorry, semi, see. I turned around and he had fucked off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so was this guy from like 1700s England? He sounds like it. <laughs> uh, he, he had a bit of like, I, I didn't get a good look at him, but it was ethnic background. And yeah, I'll tell you what, he, he, uh, weak dog manly Is supporter. That, you just, you just oh. ripped into a unicorn, like an, an ethnic background manly supporter. Like from the- well, it could be... Um, a person who's I won't mention him on the podcast, but his name might rhyme with Boy Pag Not Pag Bolo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so sorry. Let's get into last week's round, and we can get into our um, hate on uh, what was. Well, there's at least one more rant coming up because of the old judiciary. So let's get into it. Okay, so first game in the Shield, the Guildford Owls are out of the finals now, going down twenty-four to thirty-eight against the Asquith Magpies. Um, and then into the Ron Massey Cup, of course, Wentworthville 38 4 uh, over the Asquith Magpies. They stamp their authority on this competition in week one. They get ourselves a rest and then they'll come back for uh, the grand final qualifier. And just have a look at the stat line there, boys. <laughs> Bo Hendrick, six from six. Just, Bo Hendrick, why am I not surprised? Penalty goal from one. Just look, when you want the goat, he comes. He delivers in the finals. <laughs> like legend has it that Tom Brady calls up uh, Bo Henry for advice on how to prepare for games. And I tell you what, I'm still shook after the result of him not taking out the Ron Massey Cup Player of the Year. I'm oh, shocked. What an awful, awful decision that was. Whoever Cons- made that decision needs to be Conspiracy theories are a rift. <laughs> Right now, the, the competition is fixed. Who even took it? I don't even know who. Like, are, are they a former NRL player? Are they oh, the not. goat of the Ron Massey Cup? That's I right. Um, all right. Well, then on to uh, the Canterbury Cup. Uh, Wentworthville Magpies, they won, what was it, three in a row to make the eight. And then week one, they toweled up the Panthers yeah, they, 34 they to 16. Put them through the rings. Uh, luck, yeah, the Panthers were lucky that they got a couple of tries in that second half. Uh, where we sort of put the cue in the rack at a, just after half time. Uh, try score is Josh Hoffman kicking it off. Greg Lelesti, wow. <laughs> he just beasted through. Uh, Oregon Kafusi, <laughs> two to Will Smith, and uh, Josh Hoffman got his double. Um, so two double try scorers there. Reese Davies, four from six off the boot and a penalty goal. Um, did you guys get out there or were you watching it on the telly like um, the rest of us? Uh, no, I was out there, but Sean Lane sat in front of me, so I couldn't see anything. <laughs> you um, had to move, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I had to move two seats down. Um, yeah, you could see, 
when it when it started off very windy down there, and Penrith on the second tackle, um, chip across field. You can see Penrith. You can tell their, their juniors the way they come through. Very flashy. They love to try anything and everything. But once once it gets tough, and once that twenty minute twenty minute period hits, they had nothing. That's where when he started, and after that, it barely looked like Penrith were going to score a try, and they they were never going to win. Um, Huge game by uh, our starting props there. Uh, Greg Lucyware had a good game. Um, Reese Davies also had a good game there. So um, yeah, it was just it was a good game to be out there, and I think more people need to be out there, especially those complaining on Twitter that um, Tim Manor's not in first grade and they want to celebrate uh, Timmy's career. Well, he's playing this weekend at Leichhardt, which we'll get into. So maybe get out there instead of. Typing away. Oh, Tim needs to be in first grade. The one eighty on Tim Manor from fans is like one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. They spent like the better part of five or six years complaining that he needs to get out of the club, and then when he finally gets dropped from first grade, they spent the next yeah, put him back in. <laughs> Why isn't? Oh, Tim don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Tim in first grade. I, th- I think he this, should. The, be yeah, this first is this grade. is an attack on Tim Manor. This is just the hilarity of the fandom where they just you know, they flip their opinion after they finally get what they wanted for years. <laughs> Anyway, they'll march on into the second week of the finals. They'll play the loser of, I can't remember. Um, But in any event, they'll be on, as uh, Hem touched on, at Leichhardt this weekend. Uh, Then into first grade, uh, in the final match, we needed 12 points to get over. It was looking really good until some um, really terrible uh, refereeing uh, decisions uh, kept Manly in the contest. But I tell you what, the refs, they cannot hold down a one maka Sibol. Uh, the king, uh, the Sebo champ. How good was that? Um, but Eagles thirty-two, Seagull sixteen. Um, Michael Jennings, Clint Gutho, and Maker Sebo getting his hat trick uh, to close out the game. Maiden and uh, hat trick. Sorry, Mitch a bit uh, wayward off the boot. Three from five, and then penalty goals three from three for Moses. Sin bin each. Uh, as I said before, Marty should have been off. Uh, if that's not a send off, I just don't know what is a send off these days. Like, if, yeah, that was just egregious. Uh, all right, how did you see it, Bertie? We haven't heard from you yet. Yeah, um, it was, I don't know. Uh, so the first five minutes we dominated, we did all right, and then they get a, um, the Marty to Power makes a, you know, a line break. Dylan Brown literally hops on like, you know, he's on a rodeo or something. And I just thought, no one are like, you know, Manly, it's what, once again what happened against Brookvale. Their forwards running through us, and I just thought maybe the boys didn't care about winning so much because no matter if they won or lost, they would have stayed where they were eventually. They, they couldn't go further down. So, but then once we scored our first try, I was like, yeah, we've, we've got, we're in control. And, um, yeah, just Wonga Blake, you saw the try he set up for Gutherson, I think it was, the second try. He, just the step he put on Dylan Walker. Yeah, now, Dylan Walker way. is not yeah. like some bum. Mm. You know, he's a set, but the way he did, that was like the first time we've seen him sign-wise that, like, that he's probably not trouble, troubling him anymore. And the speed, and that's what, you know, I really wanted. That's what I was hoping to get when we signed him because, you know, for a player like him, he's got the perfect size, the speed to get away from people and, you know, he could be our expected final series, and it was great to see that. And yeah, just once again, bullshit calls. Like, I made a tweet saying the only reason Manly made it because of bullshit calls. You know, you look at Dylan Walker's hand was on the ball. Yeah, okay, he didn't strip at it, but he pushed it out. 
And then there was another call where we stripped it, but we hit, really they knocked it on. It just seemed like, you know, it's a Friday night, 6 p.m. game, so not many people watch it. Sorry, more people watch it than attend it, and it's not a high-caliber match. But yet we've got Jerry Sutton there, the best referee in the game, and he was dreadful. Like, it just seemed like they were trying to get plays in. You know, I thought Tapao should have got... Like, at first I thought Simbin, but looking at the replay, he should have been sent off. And, yeah, I just... The Kane Evans was bullshit. Like, it looked, looked like chess was first. Like, chess was first point of contact, but... I don't know. It was just one of those games frustrating because we should have won easily, you know, and, you know, spanked them, but the referee helped them keep the game for as long as they couldn't. Yeah, just crazy. Crazy game. To- 40. Yeah, I thought they were like by far and away the better team on the night. Uh, obviously, there were a few blemishes on the scoreline reflected by Manly getting a you know a handful of tries. That uh, very dodgy double to Moses Finu uh, alongside the um, the other points they scored. Uh, I think that the biggest negative for me out of that game was that we're, we've been vulnerable to late offloads, and that that goes back a few weeks now. I think that defensively we've made significant in, uh, inroads. Uh, ever since we lost to Manly uh, at Brookvale, that big well, it wasn't in the end. It wasn't a blowout, even though it was a blowout. Um, it, since then, we've averaged about fourteen points a game across the course of like seven or eight weeks. I think it is. So we've done really well defensively, adjusting since then. But it's the late offloads that have been hammering us. Um, if you remember Darius Boyd making that one big contribution for the Broncos a couple of weeks ago, that came off a late offload by uh, was it uh, Fafita? It might have been Fafita. And yeah, it, it was. And it just – once our defensive line goes back to reset, we sort of drop eyes on the ball. And I can you can understand that to an extent because you're sort of getting through to the next play, and I'm talking about very late offloads here. Um, it was the same thing for Finu's first try or second try. No, the second try was the dodgy double, triple knock-on one um, for his first try where Fenil Blake or, or Lloyd Perrot it was uh, had yeah, a really, really late offload. Like it was um, borderline had been held, but the ref obviously hadn't caught it, so it was fair play. Uh, but aside from that, um, I think that that was Dylan Brown's best game. Um, and I was really encouraged by what I saw there. He was very composed. Um, he ran the ball a lot because he was showing really good peripheral vision not to put his outside men in a worse position than he was so he wouldn't throw a bad pass. But then when the pass was there to be made, he'd throw a money ball to Quinton Gufferson out the back. And obviously he had that, that sort of perfectly weighted kick for uh, Maker Sevo to get him over right in the – just like within inches of the sideline. Um Sean Lane had a good game, which is good to see him bounce back after a, um, a fairly ordinary effort last week, I thought. Um, just trying to think. Junior Paul was fantastic, barring one knock-on. Um, Kane Evans, again, was sold, and that's going to be a real big loss. We'll probably touch on that later, but uh, that that really sucks. And um, uh, Sorry, I'm just getting my head around with the game because it's that extra day of um, the stew sort of is like taken out of my head. I'm just trying to think. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know who had a really good game that I didn't see get many raps? Um, given that he was inside the uh, the maiden hat trick hero, but uh, Michael Jennings was really good. Yeah, I was about to say Michael. He was really good. Like defensively, he made some huge plays. Uh, did a lot of great work in attack as well. Um, and it shows that the um, the I know that uh, Adokar's got the silver fox uh, name tagged, but I think the grey fox is probably more, more appropriate for Jenko given the the um, the tone of his hair these days. But, uh, yeah, yeah we, it's probably a good thing he doesn't get into too much open space. Yeah, he's still got that great short area quickness, but um, the once he's like over 30 metres, he's just got nothing. Um, but Bertie gave Wong and Blake fair credit. Uh, Blake Ferguson was unfortunately pretty ordinary, but I give him a fair bit of leeway there because he's um, done a phenomenal task just to get back on the field for us. Uh, I think that um, we've already sort of had a glimpse of it, but I think later in the in the uh, off-season when, you know, hopefully we've won it all, 
um, or if not, we fall short. The, the stories will come out about how much he was set back by those um, antibiotic reactions. Um, and beyond that, um, the, the other good I thought, Murata Nekori, once again, great off the bench. Um, it was really – yeah, he's killing it off the bench. He's really, and when we've talked about the value of bench players in this podcast all year, and it is so refreshing to see a player embrace being not dropped, but put on the bench as a weapon. And he's really embraced that role and has made it his own. Um, besides from that, uh, it really sucked to see Ray Stone get rubbed over the game the way he did because I thought he was playing well on that short stint. And um, he was very smart. He, he he picked up a couple of penalties. Um, yeah, just for just just smart play. And, uh, and before I hand it over to Ham, I'll give you one last negative, and that was, well, it's a negative-positive sort of weird thing. Tepai Moreau had his best game statistically all year. Um, 130, 140 metres off the bench was fantastic, but that was also alongside that uh, offside penalty that gave Manly two points before half time, and then more frustratingly, that uh, that kickoff. Uh, uh, I wasn't against that penalty. No, nah, I can. that's all right, the offside penalty, because if he doesn't pick it up, Manly pick it up and they can score, and then you go, well, why didn't he just give away the penalty? He's, yeah, he's he, better off giving away. He too, is then. eligible to make a tackle once the manly player picks up the ball, though. So that was the – at least that's my understanding of the rules. I could be wrong about that. So that was – No, you're always no. told to dive on the loose ball. So yeah, I'm, not I, I'm fine one. with that. Anyway, but the – the, It's the drop-off off the kickoff. You, he ran straight at Jake Trevojevic. <laughs> I know props barely changed their line, but if I'm – if I'm looking at the defensive line and I can see Jake Trevojevic, one of the best def- defensive techniques in the competition, gets right underneath the ball, I'm not running at him. <laughs> I'm stepping off my left foot and, you know, going 45 degrees in the other direction. It also, it also comes going- back to the old adage of spaces, not faces. You know, you run at the gap between two players, not at one of the best defensive players in the NRL. You just He's got such a good defensive technique of getting right under the ball both players running, you know, at full speed off a kickoff. Go for someone who's going to tackle you up around the chest. Go for someone who's going to take you around the hips. Don't go for someone who knows how to get underneath the ball. Mm-hmm. Don't run at them. And on, on that bombshell, do you want to take over if you're um, review of the game, Ham? Um, just going back to what you said about Sean Lane, he really started killing in that second half. Like You talk about uh, spaces, not faces. He ran at the faces and got into space. Yeah, he's got a very good knack at uh, the, the late movement before contact where, like you said, he sort of isos a defender and then will use – like his footwork for how big he is is pretty unfair actually. And he um, yeah. he, he gets to the, like the, the T2 area, if you think of shoulders of the T1, the arms of the T2. He'll get into that, that weaker defensive area and, and poke his nose through and, and create all sorts of havoc. The only T1 and T2 I know is the uh, T1 is my Western Sydney line. So that was a new vocabulary for me. That's, that's um, old school rugby union vocabulary for me. So, <laughs> well, There you go. Um, now you can see when we play parable, I'm, go- I'm going to call I'm going to call it parable. <laughs> you know, you, th- you chance your arm a little bit, you throw an offload, spread it wide to our extremes, which are our halves and outside backs. Manly couldn't, ca- Manly couldn't catch- touch us. You know, we got a quick offload, and then we don't look to. You see a lot of teams when they have an offload. Forward gets it; they just take a hit up. We get an offload. Gutho or Marnie are there, and they straight away get it to a halfback. Get it, get, either get it to Mitchell Moses or Dylan Brown, and then from there they've got either a, a retreating defence or, or an already retreated defence, and usually a three on three, possibly a three on two. So you, you've got a world of options, and that's how we scored our second try there. 
Um, the problem is you can't play that all the time. And and you can tell the team knows that because we went back into our, you know, playing a bit more conservative. The thing with that is when we're playing parable, we can complete at 60, 70%. It's no problem because we're attacking and we're taking a lot of energy out of the defense. It's when we play conservative, we have to start competing at 90%. And the thing is when we do play more conservatives, when we bring our bench on, uh, Tepai Moreau has got a uh, handling error in him. Blake Ferguson's got a handling error in him. Um, we barely get anything from the refs in that in that regard. So it's a bit hard to do that as, at the same time. Like, we do need to play conservative because playing parable for 80 minutes, it definitely ties out the defense, and you saw that, but also ties out our team. So when we do start playing conservative for that 30, 40-minute period, we really need to, um, you know, be smarter in that aspect and hold, like, make sure that we've got hold of that ball. Um, Murata does it really well. He's perfect to bring on that conservative period because no matter where you give him the ball, when you give him the ball, he's, he's just going to run it as, as, as hard as possible. So he's the perfect player to bring on at that time because he ties out the defense through his speed and power. So, yeah, that was sort of my only my only issue with it. Yeah, well, I think we had to go play a bit conservative because that rain just came oh. out of nowhere just before half time. It's funny you how that, feel, that, like that... You could feel the temperature drop in a minute, it felt like. It was hot and windy, and then all of a sudden that temperature dropped. I had to put the jacket on, and about 10 minutes later it was pouring rain. I was just going to say, it's funny how that conservative shift was um, contrasted by the way our back three played um, and how aggressively expansive they were from kick returns, uh, spinning the ball from literally sideline to sideline and looking to um, try and uh, pick out uh, uh, weak, weak points in the kick chase, which I, I don't mind. Well, that's a, and that's the thing about us having a smart like Gutherson, because he's had experience in the halves, and, you know, he's not, he's not as quick as some fullbacks. He's, he's very good between the ears. He knows, and he can see the spaces, and he... The best thing we can do is isolate wingers against Mike Sivo because yeah, exactly they're not going to stop him. <laughs> so if you get if you get you know he gets an extra 10, 15 meters to run up, and he's got one maybe even two players facing him, he'll beat them. And we can we're starting to see that. Yeah, I, I loved how uh, Ruben Garrick tamed up Mike Sivo, but. Uh, Master coach Des Hasler puts friggin' Brendan Elliott on the wing for the first time this season up against Zero. <laughs> Poor bugger. Oh, I want to give a rap to Mitchell Moses with his defensive work on um Fanuel Blake there because Fanuel Blake was he was put on the edge specifically to target Moses all night. He was attacking and defending on that edge. We did exploit him defensively. Um, attacking wise, Moses he got bumped off. His you know big prop. Um, Moses, he's starting to defend really well now, but he's not going to tackle him. So, you know, he got his body in front, got bumped off, but he went back and tried to tackle him again when there was more players on there. That's that's a good mental attitude there from Mitch. Agreed. Absolutely. And it's all the difference between like a line break or a try being scored is when your half just is willing to get in front of the big monster that's steamrolling at him and slow him down a bit. So he, he definitely has um, showed some fantastic application in defense this year. I'm um, just trying to think. You, you sort of reminded me of one last point, but unfortunately I never have 
having to be able to to dredge it up. Oh, Reed Money was really good again. Um, probably you know he did miss a couple of tackles. I think was in the um, post game reports from um, Mitch. What's that's the, the only flaw I can see on him. But his kicking game again, um, just really smart. Yeah, he did have a few missed tackles looking at the um the stats here alongside Junior Paulo. And uh, and Moses, understandably, who was trying to – they tried to ISO him out wide with the big boys. But, um, yeah, Marnie and Paulo were by far our worst defenders through the middle, um, statistically there, unfortunately. But, um, yeah. yeah. But Reed, well, Reed's, Reed's um, influence through the, through, the, through the game is becoming very apparent, though. He's got some of the um, the best passing off the ground in the NRL, and his ability to take pressure off Moses with the kick is becoming very important as well. Yeah, and he's just choosing his moments too uh, really well because like there's there's players that you know have got a couple more strings in their bow. Like you look at Hodgson down in um Cam- Canberra, but uh, I think Reed really balances his game really well. Um, whereas some of those other players, you know, they overplay their hand and you know it comes a bit all about them. But yeah, Reed's just really growing. It's his first full season in first grade after I think it was eight games last year, and. What more can you say? He leads the league in, in in tackles over the season, so he hasn't shirked his defensive responsibility, and he's he's um, given really good service. Um, and you know, after probably not having the greatest run of hookers for a long period of time, it's just fantastic to have a really good one. That's you know, in years to come, he'll probably play for for Queensland. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up the uh, review. Uh, we netted twelve points to get into fifth. Uh, we ended up getting. Uh, or, uh, sorry, 16, and uh, we've managed to miss out on having to play uh, the shark. So it, it, it all worked out at the end of the day, didn't it? I say it worked out for the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, but we do get to play the Broncos, and um, we'll get into that in the preview. Uh, but last time we hosted them at uh, Bankwest, it, it was a, a good result uh, mm-hmm. for, for the Broncos. Uh, now, in news, you guys got out to the ATM. Uh, unfortunately, the first uh, item didn't get over the line. Uh, the net result being if we got three more votes uh, that had swung from no to yes, yep. it would have passed by that 75% majority. Uh, but in positive news, the second item, which was for postal voting, electronic voting, et cetera, and um, a couple of other different things did get up. Uh, which you think, given how stacked it is for the the, the old uh, league, bringing all their members that they, they have on their um, uh, side, now that they've opened that up to postal and electronic, uh, you'd really hope that on the next occasion uh, these reforms will be able to get up without such a concentration of uh, people that are, you know, just trying to undermine the club getting to these AGMs. So how did you see it for you? You're the... the and ham, if you want to touch on it as well. Yeah, um, really, really frustrating. Um, we we were seventy three point three percent of the vote uh, of about roughly four hundred members. I think were there. Um, so as you mentioned, if we'd swung three votes from no to yes, or if we gotten um, like another fifteen people voting for yes, just you know outright would have um, been the difference. So really uh, unfortunate. Um, on the flip side, the the second resolution passing means that uh, a whole raft of um. Membership is now eligible to vote in the next uh, uh, vote that will go up, um, I think, early and early next year. I think it's, it's eligible to go up, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, so, um, And at, as the numbers have gotten bigger, the, the trend has shown that far more people will win the vote yes than no. Um, so that, that sort of shows how how small but powerful uh, minority were able to manipulate the vote for the last few uh, votes because of the small turnouts. Um, but 
um, listening to the, the, the general uh, feedback from people that spoke prior to the vote was positive. There were a couple of naysayers from the um, usual factions. Um, so, yeah, it really sucked that it didn't get through. But um, thanks to the resolution two passing, I'm pretty confident that next time the club will get the reforms that uh, they want through. Ham, you got All right. there's, there's probably yeah, some- oh, no, I, was, I was just going to agree just that postal electronic voting um, is pretty big because you've got uh, something like 28,000 members. Um, and not all of them either care, which is fair enough. I don't care about a lot of the clubs that I'm registered to um, with in elections and all that. I don't really care, so I can understand why. It's either a local or, you know, whatever. Um, but it's the people that do that either live to – like there was a guy sitting in front of me last night come from Newcastle. So, you know, it's good for him that he doesn't have to drive down. Yeah, I'll sit in some Central Coast deals. So they, and you know what? I live in the Blacktown area, and I don't want to go out again. It's just I don't want to have to deal with all the yeah, people even, speaking. Even coming, I've heard it all it's, it's pretty I've, bad. Even coming from the inner west for me, you know, it's just a short trip down the M4. Um, it still sucks because, like Ham said, you just have to listen to the same deadbeats on the microphone, and, and the, it's the same. And everyone says the same thing, and you're not going to sway anybody's mind if you. Nobody went into that vote last night not knowing what way they were going to vote. And if if they tell you they did go in not knowing, they're lying. Everyone <laughs> knew they were going to vote. You can open the meeting. You can open the voting. You can close the voting. Everybody knows. There's no point. But, um, and you, that's what – yeah. Any, the, the, uh, the good news not, here is that Max Donnelly is literally here until the, the reforms pass. Like he, That's exactly right. The he's government, government, he's government mandated. Um, he's got the backing of Yoga. So, you know, the, he's completely above level here. So these reforms will get through. Like, and that, that's the, like, for me, the hilarious but frustrating part of it from sitting on the other side of, of like, you know, saying yes as a voter. Like, these people are hanging on so desperately to make this not happen, but it's inching closer and closer. And it's just, it's inevitable. So we will get there. Next vote, I'm, I'm quite confident with the extra numbers that we'll throw to the club. Um, we'll get there. And then on to the news from last night after a mammoth. Not at the judiciary. Uh, Jared Warrior Hargreaves, apparently it's okay to uh, get swinging up somebody's head. Uh, then, of course, the uh, Hudson Young. He's played 12 NRL games and he's been suspended now for 13. <laughs> well, he, he, he's lucky he got eight as well. Uh, that deserves yeah, he is after, after that, the NRL made an example of George Burgess and someone else, as a repeat offender, would do it again. They should have rubbed him out for 20 plus weeks, in my opinion. That would have sent a message about, you know. The NRL said their high mark was going to be 12 weeks, whereas I think the defence argued that uh, nine weeks should be the top range. So, yeah, he was lucky to only get eight, uh, but hopefully he won't do it again now. Um, and then on to the last uh, of the night, which was our own Kay Evans. He was asking for a downgrade from a grade two to a grade one, uh, unfortunately not getting up uh, on the, the, the downgrade. Uh, so he'll miss uh, this round uh, of um, football. But, has anyone uh, ever seen? Freshen up before we take on the loser of uh, Melbourne or and Raiders. Anyone ever seen? I mean, most you probably would have. But that episode of South Park where they want to get a refund for uh, was it like a washing machine or something, or uh, it was some sort of kitchen appliance, and they had to go all the way to like Wall Street and they had like a, a cut off a chicken's yeah, head yeah. and they put it onto the board. Yeah. That's what the judiciary yeah. is in the NRL. Like they like it is like some sort of like board where they cut off the chicken's head and let it dance across till it dies and that's what you get because how Jared Warrior Hargraves got off for what he did and and this is like coming from the eels where Michael Jennings got two weeks 
for a guy that was had fallen over at his knees and, you know, he got a high shot there because the guy was like literally at like knee waist height and got two weeks and where Hargraves gets off. And then Kate Evans, who's two metres tall and makes like peck shoulder contact with like an attempt to wrap up the tackle, no shoulder charge, doesn't get a downgrade, just it, it blows my mind. And um, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories. All I can say is after the Junior Paulo one a couple of years ago, I'm thankful that they didn't upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that was the whole reason we fought was because he couldn't get any worse because um, that, that Junior Paulo thing definitely scared the club. They, they were scarred after that and haven't contested. This is the first time they've contested, I think, if I'm not mistaken, yep. since 2014. 2014, we haven't contested a single charge. Like, that's unreal. And then when we do, we still don't get it. And we still lose. So, um, yeah, that's just – I mean – I was saying to you guys last night that the the cynical part of me says he's going to lose, even though like logically you'd think he'd get off after Jared Ware Hargraves got off, and unfortunately that part of me won out. So that sucks. I thought this Nick Kapow was supposed to be the best lawyer in business, man. Yeah, well he was like he's, he's regarded as one of the best, but he was handed handed a dog's dinner for the Nick the Nick Hudson one, whatever his name is, the Hudson Young, sorry, uh, case. But I thought he had a good chance of Kane, but once again we were in the wrong colours. It's a lottery. Kane, uh, um, Reha Graves rolled zero. <laughs> Roulette. <laughs> we, we, roll, we rolled snake eyes, unfortunately. And then just one last thing was uh, Dylan Brown. Um, uh, there were some reports during the week that uh, he's getting closer to signing an extension with the Eels, so we can only hope that well, yeah, uh, that comes to fruition sometimes. He posted he posted himself at a Holden dealership today. So um, maybe yeah, just don't do the Sandow um, yeah. <laughs> just bomb, bomb the car and then run. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah. Speaking of Dylan, um, Dylan alongside Valence Harris and uh, Etowali Louie were picked in the junior. Uh, I was about to say junior Roos, the junior Kiwis. Um, but it's hard to see hard to see Dylan playing, given that he's probably going to get caught up to the senior squad if he's not already um still in the finals playing the grand final That's qualifier. Right. Jeez, I never thought of God. Yeah. Well, it could be him and Nick Karima or something, couldn't it? Yeah, quite quite possibly, yeah. Um, Sean Johnson, maybe. I don't know what the situation there is. He's um he's fit one week and not the other. So I, I expect him to be part of the extended squad. Uh, he's he's just been too good this year not to. Sorry, that's for the nines. Is that right? Is that, that is that taking over the um the off season international stuff this year? Or is oh, it? like, are you talking? I thought you were talking about the international nines. No, no. Oh, no. I reckon Dill easily could be picked for that Samoan team. Could be unreal. Yeah, Dill. Yeah. Dill will probably be. He's dual eligible for New Zealand and Samoa. So I'm interested to see who, who, if he gets picked for New Zealand, in order to rule him out of Samoa eligibility. So because there'll be a lot of politics in play there. So I'll be interested to see what he does. All right. Well, that'll wrap up the news, and let's get into the previews. So there's only two games this week. Uh, with, of course, Ron Massey getting themselves a week rest. So on – oh, they do it a bit differently in Canterbury Cup. Sorry, I'm just having a look at this. So in the Canterbury Cup, it's Bulldogs in fifth taking on Wentworth Bill Magpies. We didn't finish sixth. No, they've no, they've sixth. changed because I looked at um Jersey Flag earlier and, yeah, no, the, the – the positions on the draw. I was going to say, Bulldogs finished at the top. Yeah, they finished fourth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, it'll be Bulldogs taking on Wentworthville Magpies at 1.05 p.m. on Saturday, 14th September at the – yeah, I can't bring myself to say it. It's not the eight one, uh, the wonder of the world. Bloody That's stupid. Uh, at Leichhardt Oval. Bearing in um, mind that Wenty accounted for the dogs a few weeks back, 28-10, so this will be a good game. <clears throat> 
Yeah, well, let's hope they, they make it 29-10 and, uh, <laughs> and um, old Tim Matter can slot a field goal like uh, Gal did on the weekend. Like a pro. <laughs> That'd I mean, be great. I'll, I'll, I'll rip Gal anytime I get, but he hit that field goal really well. Birdie, I haven't seen such disrespect since uh, Washington <laughs> Mitchell. on the, the, the Dallas Star. Oh, terrible. Not if you talk yeah, to Tigers actually, fans, the Mitchell Moses field goal at the Bank West opening was the most disrespectful act they've ever seen. I want, you know, Cooper Cronk said he, you know, thanks every sign new in his body. Did uh, Gallup <laughs> thank every peptide in his body? <laughs> <laughs> or was that or he clean? <laughs> yeah, man, it was nice to, <laughs> yeah, <sighs> Tigers just, they, they are cursed. Ninth again. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer fan base. Uh, so long, long may they reign ninth. Um, <laughs> but then into first grade, so a team that didn't finish ninth, uh, who will be playing finals this weekend, uh, as touched on before, the Eels will take on the Broncos, uh, which will be the last game of the round. Uh, only how many games we've got? We've got nine games of football left for the season, gents, uh, for, of first grade, sorry. Um, so the winner of Eels Broncos will take on the loser of Storm Raiders. Uh, so, 4:05 p.m. on the 15th of September. Uh, you guys got your tickets? Yeah, repurchased my season tickets. It was um, I, I, I haven't was, said anything about it being sold out yet, which I find pretty. I was speaking. To, I was speaking to someone at the uh, meeting last night, and they they'd bought their tickets and bought a few more for some friends. And apparently, there was still stuff available at the 30 meter line, which is really disappointing to be honest. So I have to hope that it sells out as we approach the weekend because uh, there is no reason if you're a Parramatta fan not to get out to the first final ever at Bankwest Stadium. And the first final in Parramatta since 2005. That's right, exactly. Even though we ha- we technically held the home final in 2017, it was at that god-awful stadium. It was stadium. in Homebush. Mm-hmm. Doesn't count. Does not count. Yeah, and the last time I think we came up against Broncos in the finals was the 2001 Grand Final Qualifier, which I was at, which was a fantastic game. Um, so hopefully we can replicate that. I think we were 24-16 on that occasion. It was a nice uh, sunny day, if I recall. And, um, yeah, that, that was a stacked Broncos side as well. Um, they were always stacked at the beginning of the <laughs> end of the 90s, early 2000s. Um, all right, well, let's have a look at the makeup of the teams. Um, we can be thankful that Sean O'Sullivan, uh, we don't wish injury on anybody, um, but it, it's thankful that it's Jake Turpin you know, in for Sean O'Sullivan because uh, Jake Turpin's a bit more of a uh, hooker as opposed to a half. And I thought O'Sullivan uh, steered them around the park rather well last time we played them. But let's get to the full team list for the Broncos. Anthony Milford at fullback. On the wings, Azako and Oates. In the centres, Katoni Staggs, Alex Glenn. Uh, in the halves, Boyd and Jake Turpin. The front row is Matt Lodge, Payne Haas and Andrew McCulloch and Hooker. In the second row, David Fafita, Matt Gillett and Joe Offerhangawi pulls in a lock. On the interchange bench, Seguiaro, Flegler, Shibasaki and Pat Carrigan. The extended bench, Reese Kennedy, Parisi, sorry, Fensum and Pakes. And then on to the Eels. Almost unchanged, but for the forced changes of last week, and of course Nathan, uh, Dylan, yeah, Nathan Brown coming back. Sorry, uh, Clint Gutherson at fullback, Maker Siva and Blake Ferguson on the wings in the centres. Michael Jennings and Waka Blake in the halves. Dill Brown, Mitch Moses. Forwards are Kane Evans was named, but it looks likely that uh, I assume Dan Alvaro will start with Junior Paulo, 
and then Reed Marnie at hooker. In the second row, Sean Lane, Manu Ma'u, and at lock is Nathan Brown. In the change bench is Brad Takarangi. Uh, Ray Stone, Rangnea Kore, we expect Tet Maroa to come in for uh, Kane Evans now that he's out. And then you've also got the extended bench of Will Smith, Penny Terrapo, and Josh Hoffman. So, but for those changes that I just said, see us running out one through um, 17, essentially. Sucks that Kane's unavailable, but, you know, we're full fitness otherwise, so no excuses heading into Sunday. So, um, gee, we're all a bit quiet here, Bertie. Bertie, how do you say Where should we? We're all just in shock that we're playing finals. <laughs> um, well, I'm actually, if we can tackle for feeder game, I'm going to put it out. Because the bloody prick, who doesn't want to um, Broke 15 tackles, seriously. Like I said it before, some teams don't even get that. Like, you know, 15 times he's broke the tackle and, you know, it's, he's only a 19-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid. Like, he's not even fully developed yet. What's going to happen when he's fully grown? So, listen, the, the way I look at the Broncos, it's just like under nines. You give it to your two best players, your fullback and your halfback. For them, you give it to Payne Haas and you give it to Fafida. If we can stop them, we should easily win. Like, I can't see Darius Boyd getting up twice against us this year. Like, poor old man should be retired. But surely just, you know, contain them too. And then, you know, Corey Oates will fumble it because, you know, he, you know under the bright lights of Paramount, it's not Bankwest Stadium. You know, he might have flashbacks. But, um, yeah, I think our forwards, our bench should be better than theirs. And the fact is, like, you know, we talk about Moses' running game, but, like, his kicking is pretty good. Oh, and like his kick and cha- his kick and um, chase is even better. Like his speed puts pressure on them on the back three, and I just think, um, yeah, just bring a bit of because uh, it'll be during the day, so it won't be dewy the ground. So like a bit of second phase football, and we should you know. And you know, I don't want to say sound too. I don't want to sound too arrogant or anything, but we should easily flog them like you know thirteen plus, like fifteen. No, sorry, eighteen plus. Sorry. So, yeah, I'm tipping a big win for us over there. And then on to you, 40. What do you think? Where, where's it won? Where's it lost? Yeah, we, we've, what, who should we be attacking? We've talked about how the style matchup between us and the Broncos generally favours our, our way of playing. Um, they managed to get a pretty controversial win a couple of weeks ago, um, which so it was so bad that the NRL actually came out and apologised, and now we're going to be like the catalyst for the change to Golden Point, if you believe the media. So... I'm, I'm, you know, relatively confident, as confident as you can be heading into a finals game, um, especially given that it's Parramatta and they've um, put us through the ringers a few times in that regard. Um, I think that we just have to stay firm for the middle. I know that the, the media's already come out and the Broncos are out there talking about how they're going to try and bash us through the middle with Matt Lodge being quite vocal um, as to how, you know, he and his boys are going to beat us in that regard. So if I'm... Um, and Kane Evans is a big loss there, obviously, but if... Junior Paul can lead the way and get you know get solid games out of Daniel Alvaro, Murata off the bench, um, and then hopefully Tep can just not make errors. That's be the you know the big thing there. Um, and I think out why we've got him, um, and it's just a matter of not. I think against against Brisbane and Brisbane, we sort of got dialed in to um to just attacking one side too much. Um, we've got weapons on both sides, and we need to sort of just take advantage of when they're best lined up that way. So obviously you want to get the ball out to Maker when he's got a one on one. But by the same token, you've got some pretty useful guys on the right edge in um, uh, Wonga Blake and Blake Ferguson. So <clears throat> take our chances. Uh, you know, don't make stupid mistakes. Don't switch off on the late offloads. And um, I'm reasonably confident that we'll get the win. But the other fact we haven't talked about is the officials. 
Um, who are, who's officiating our game? So if it's Cummings and Atkins, we've got one of the better crews on paper. So yeah. um, we can't complain too much there. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm relatively confident. Hopefully we get a big crowd capacity. And you know, there's going to be some Broncos in attendance because um, they, they've got a you know, strong gathering in Sydney if they're a Brisbane uh, fan base. But, uh, yeah, let's, let's make it uh, wall-to-wall, uh, pass them out and sound, get those Sevo chants going, get those Dylan chants going, get any chant going for any player that's having a big game. And Ham, where do you see us attacking? What's the best um, way to beat Broncos? Uh, birdie, birdie, thunder, Oh, jeez, I'm making it. Um, you just got to limit for feeder and Haas, really. You look at the you look at the stats, look at the games. They're the two they go to, and then they play off the back of that. And they, they don't really play the well off the back of them. So, you know, you limit you limit Haas to un, under 150 metres and you limit for feeder to around 100, and we'll beat the Broncos. Like, the way to do that, early enthusiasm, I reckon. We've got to... As soon as we see that 40-metre line, kick and chase. You know, we've got to have Reed, Gutho, and Moses leading that line, smashing them early, getting quick play the balls, and, um, you know, only letting one forward touch the ball per set rather than two or three with Lodge thrown in there too. So that's that's the way we've got to do it. We've got to just add in through... If we add in through them, and we play power football for the first 20 minutes, I reckon we've got them. But in saying that, you know, our middle is our weakness because we don't wrestle as much as other teams and, you know, we don't give away as many penalties there. But at the same time, we give away a lot more metres, a lot more rucking metres. Um, so our markers need to be, you know, up for it when Boyd jumps in the dummy half, when uh, Turpin jumps in the dummy half, when Milford jumps in the dummy half. That's when we've got to... You know, when when the big boys run at us, you know, Tapao, he's he's a freak like Haas is. So, you know, we've got to watch out for them. But when the big boys run us, we're all right. It's when the small little guys start running around out. So with the, the markers getting set behind, because usually we don't move to that gap behind the markers. Yeah. And just, yeah, that's where we lose it. So, yeah, I've, you know, you limit those two and lodge. Um, you only get them touching once per set, and we can get them because we've got the backs to start off um, yeah. in the right position. Uh, we've got to put uh, pressure on, and we've got to be allowed yeah. to put pressure on um, Anthony Milford early in the game, um, getting him off his kicking game with that inside-out torpedo bomb that he puts up because um, we've got the backs to start off on the 50, on the 40, so... Um, and then we should be going on from there. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as confident as uh, Birdie of forty, but we should. We should put a score on. But we, being a finals game, um, we've only got a few. We've only got a handful of finals experience. I suppose the Broncos do as well with their um, large turnover of players. So it's it really is a completely new competition and a completely new. It's it's a completely different set of skills in finals compared to regular season. Yeah, it's like you were talking about earlier. It's that completing at the 90%, limiting your errors and um, forcing errors out of your opposition. That's finals football. Um, and if, if we get on an off day and our handling lets us down, uh, that, that Broncos forward pack will make us pay. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, 
hopeful that the boys will get up for it and that we've got plenty of points. And, and um, I, what I'm really hoping is that BA looked at the, the draw two weeks ago when we played the Broncos and said, oh, shit, we're gonna be, we might be playing these guys in two weeks. And he's just pulling a Daniel Anderson, 2009. <laughs> Sometimes about mind games, y'all. As, as we did touch on uh, after that game, we only attacked pretty much on our left edge that whole night. And we didn't open up over on Alex Glenn, which I sort of pulled out. Well, that's a weakness. You've got, and as Bertie touched on before, you've got that in and away of, um, of Blake. Blake. And then you've got Blake Ferguson outside of Blake, the, the centre wing pairing of Blake Ferguson. Wonga Blake Ferguson. Yep. Uh, so that's where I can see us having some joy. And I, and I hope we pulled some punches the other week. So uh, this week we just pull out uh, all stops and, and go for that. But again, between the 20s, uh, we've got to do the work in there. And um, if we can keep the, the pressure on, complete to a high percentage uh, and, and get our kicks away, uh, we, we can certainly get a, a win against the Broncos in week one. But uh, I think we saw last week, what was it? Was it the Dragons and Broncos? Oh, I can't remember. The Dragons got way up against them, which was, yeah, didn't see coming. But this this would be a major upset if, if we let the Broncos get a win. They've had 11 wins this season. They come in 11 and 13, and I think they've got a draw in there. Or is it 11-12 and a draw? 11-12 and a draw. And, and negative four and against. Uh, to be honest, if, if we don't get a win here, you know, it, it's a bit of a wasted season. Even though we did make the eight, which was better than what we thought we might end up uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, but we've made it this far we should really be making it to the next week of the finals. It's but, we should. Uh, four, four wins from here on out. I know, I know that we're big underdogs and you look at the, the top two teams and, and the rest of the top four, obviously, but, you know, four wins and the title's yours. So any given, you know, any given Sunday, even though the NRL's played on Fridays and Saturdays as well um, when it comes to the finals, but any given Sunday rules in action now. You know, any team loses after the first week and they're done. Um, obviously, the, the top four get some protection in that regard in the first week, but... You know, just got, we've, and we've shown this year that we can win four in a row. So, you know, it's lofty expectation to, to want to take home the title from here. But but each week you take care of business and you dare to dream that much more. So let's get the Well, best. and I just want to add another thing. It's supposed to be 31 and fine on um, Sunday. So, yeah, it's warm out in the um, God's country. So um, conducive to our play, I reckon. Yeah, you know, the, dry track. Dry track. Warm weather will tire out. Bigger forwards, so I don't expect Junior to pump out his um, 60, 65 minutes. And at the same time, I don't expect Payne Haas to pump out his uh, 70 to 80 minutes. So um, that is a warm day. And with the way that we play, spring the ball wide, getting the Broncos players, getting the Broncos forwards turning around early, um, that'll be a huge positive for us. All right, Bertie, predicted score, first try scorer. Uh, I'm going to Parramatta 38, Broncos uh, <laughs> four. Um, we are going to find. We're going to have revenge after getting screwed up there by Breeze. Um, I, I seriously do believe when you look on paper, like I know paper doesn't. You can be a great side on paper, but I seriously do believe you can smash them. Like they are woeful, and I don't know how they made the final season, but they don't deserve to be there. We deserve to be there. And we'll show why uh, teams are fear to come to our stadium. We'll just add infuse them, and yeah, we'll just kill them early on. 
not quite as confident as Birdie's um, blowout win uh, prediction, but I'll go with a 10-point victory. Uh, let's go 24-14. Uh, first try scorer. Oh. Uh, you know what? Let's go with one of the rooks. Let's go Dylan. Dylan Brown's going to lead the way on the weekend. So, yeah, uh, 24-14 Parramatta. Dylan Brown, first try scorer. And then him. Um, can you come back to me, please? Sorry. All right. Well, I'll jump in. Um, I'm going to put us right on our margins. So 30 points to 12 uh, with Blake Ferguson going over the first try scorer. Can't uh, back to you, <laughs> yeah. I'm flashback throwback. 24-16. Um, for those with, with a clue might remember that score from somewhere. I mentioned um, it earlier in the podcast. No, I know. <laughs> I know. Those were the clues. See, it's, it's, it's all, all about listening. Uh, <laughs> Dial um, in and text, text what that match was to. <laughs> the winner The winner will get a like on Twitter. To 0-4. Um, first try scorer, we will go Wunga Blake Ferguson. Blake Ferguson scored first try. <laughs> the, the Blake brothers. The, the Blake brothers. The Brown cousins and the Blake brothers. <laughs> oh, that sounds oh. bad. The Brown cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised what I said. We hope to see you down there for that game, which should be a packed house. Uh, you know, how often do you get a finals game? And we're not going to be able to play at that stadium again uh, this final series. We've got the one game there, uh, so we should pack it out, and we should pack it out easily. And um, if if the, the the couple of games where we've had twenty five plus thousand uh, there or anything to go by, the atmosphere is going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, get down there if you can. Um, tickets were bloody cheap as hell. I, I just got the general admission ones. And my old man's a pensioner, so you get the, the members discount and then you get the pensioner discount, $12.50 for a finals ticket for a pensioner. Unreal. Um, that is just cheap as chips. Uh, so there's no excuses not to get out there, and um, we hope to see you down there for a win. Um, but before we finish off, we'll go through the uh, first week of NFL was in. So, Bertie, you'll want to say something about your victorious Cowboys. We all got wins this week. Yeah. How good is that? Yeah, the Packers boys and the Hawks all got up, so good start for the podcast. Yeah, great. And you know what? Like, It's like a double-edged sword because I want Dak to have a great game and great season. <laughs> $40 million, baby. $40 oh, million. God, 405 yards. And he's perfect QBR rating, which you know that, that could be a debate because you know, seven of his passes you know, dropped or ground, so... But yeah, yeah, great win by the Cowboys. Um, there's certain mathematical thresholds that lab mistakes for the QBR rating. So once you get to uh, like certain things, you can you're allowed incompletions and whatnot at a certain threshold. Well, I know one thing for sure: he should get paid twice as much as what Trubisky. Get. <laughs> he was horrible. Oh my goodness, it was he bad. Got, yeah. Sorry, Ricky, but uh, the biscuit uh, was soggy, soggy biscuit. Yeah. And, um, no, we've got the goat defense. No, that's the worst part of that is that obviously Green Bay's got a better defense, but we don't know how good they are because Trubisky was that bad. <laughs> yeah. So week one hot takes. Yeah. Seriously hot takes. Um, did you have anything else, Bertie? Uh, EPL? Uh... Uh, EPL back um, this weekend. Um, 
My uh, Spurs have got Crystal Palace, another London derby at Tottenham Stadium. Uh, other than that, uh, that's it. Uh, yeah, Boomers won. They're undefeated, so they'll most likely play America if they make it to the final or the medal match, gold medal match. So, yeah. And forty. Uh, the best since Bradman capped off a heroic return to the world cricket and um, brought the Ashes back to Australia. So well done, Steve Smith and company. Aside uh, from that. Um, the DK Metcalf hype is real for Seattle fans. He was fantastic in the first outing. If the rest of the team was a little bit, uh, a little bit scrappy, they got the one point win over a, a surprisingly um, plucky Cincinnati Bengals team. Yeah, yeah, I always sold the Bengals were meant to be the worst team in football. No, they, they, they definitely weren't. Like we, we made you know some scrappy players, but they were good. Like their defense was really good. Um, and they lost. Well, they get their, rid of Montez Perfect, and they yeah, and all of a sudden, yeah, they're on their D lines carving up, and they're not giving away dumb penalties every other play. So that that's good for them. Um. So the, yeah, the, the Bengals might be a chance at a wild card spot, maybe. But the AFC is in a weird spot. So who knows? Um. Yeah. Aside from that, um, trying to think if um there's anything major come any other major sport. If you're probably missing something, though. Oh, if anyone watched the F1 on the weekend, there was a fantastic race by um the the uh, French Ferrari driver Leclerc. Um. He ran a, a really- <laughs> what <laughs> the what Leclerc. Um, oh, what did sorry. you? What did you think I said? This is yeah, man. We're a classy podcast. We're not, we're not the smartest. Um, he he ran a fantastic race um, on hard tires, um, and it's also notable for Danny Ricardo having his best finish of the season coming fourth. So, um, yeah, a good F one uh, in in uh, Italy, I believe it was. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Damn. Um, like always, I've got nothing. Follow me. Actually, no. I usually say follow me on Twitter. I don't really do Twitter much anymore. Follow me on Instagram, Steamed Hamgram, at Steamed Hamgram. He's a social influencer now. He's on the Instagram. Uh, basically, once Instagram got rid of their likes, that was my career Easy done. decision. I actually had to go get a real job now. <laughs> now I'm, I, I don't get my 10,000 likes for my uh, half-naked shots. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm sorry. I bring the podcast down every single week. <laughs> You set the right, bar. Low you low set low. the bar low, so everyone else can jump over at ham. You're important. Exactly. You need ugly chicks <laughs> when you're a hot chick to hang around. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> every every group of hot chicks what, needs at least what, one. What, what, what Rob Schneider movie was that? Where it's like, the, um, yeah. Sorry, you were that account on Tinder. Which was like a, a morbidly obese guy, and he's like, <laughs> I work out every single day, and I want a fit chick that works out too. <laughs> Even though I work out so much, I'm oh, still fat. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mention my segment, so I'm going to jump back in. But um, the the Antonio Brown drama, the Mr. Big Chest drama, is something on another level. And maybe Hamish can um, dive into that for us because it, it it's days of our lives tier shit. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. I'm still on the conspiracy theory that he orchestrated it all to get off the Raiders. Um, unfortunately, the Raiders got it, what he gave him what he wanted. Um, you'd like for them just to sit him the whole year and just, but he'd just be a cancer to that locker room uh, if if they didn't let him go. Uh, so I can completely understand their position. But uh, Pat's uh, bankrupt organisation, much like the Melbourne Storm, uh, and I hope he is the Trojan horse that brings that organisation down. <laughs> please, um, please. But yeah, no, crazy. I haven't seen anything like it. And then the the rape allegations come out today, so uh, we'll see what, where that all ends up. But um, obviously, if it was my team, and 
fucking idiot Packers fan saying, why the hell didn't we try to get him? That's why you didn't try to get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's bad. And um, my boy Randall Cobb uh, falling out the Cowboys. Oh, and I forgot there was one, uh, Rafa Nadal, number 19. So um, the, yeah, right. the race between him, Federer, and, um, and Jokic is absolutely unreal. So a good shit. And most important, Serena Williams didn't win. So <laughs> my man. My she man. just, she just wanted, she didn't even want to praise the lady. She just said, oh, as much as she did well, I just played really bad. It's classic Serena. It's yeah, classic Serena. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a great weekend of sports. So pack, uh, it was topped off by uh, the cricket, of course. Uh, but Friday, Packers getting a winner in the morning, uh, and then uh, Friday night getting a win out at Bankwest. Uh, and then the cricket uh, bringing up the Ashes home. Hopefully, they can go on with the job, but it looks like they might have to rest. At least, uh, uh, my um, he's a Western Sydney boy, yeah, uh, Pat Cummins. Yes, uh, very, ta- yeah. very talented athlete. Came through Penrith, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he that's opened, great. he opened the batting back in the day as well. So, and that's part of the reason why he's um, a pretty handy lower order bat. So, yeah, well, um, was it was it the Ashes or was it a, t- a tour of England? It was about four, three or four years ago where I think it came down to him and he, and he scores like 87 or something, it was something stupid. Um, after the top order got out very cheaply, uh, yeah. Him, him and Stark have um, so. saved the top order's bacon a few times in recent years. They're um, both exactly. very useful lower order bats. And then um, we've got the, yeah, not till next Monday, but getting up early at 3 a.m. for the Vikings, taking on Packers. Ooh, big, uh, big divisional game there. Exactly. So to start the, start, start the season with two divisional games, but then it looks like we might get a gimme against the Broncos. Uh, the week after, who were awful against the Raiders. <laughs> My brother uh, so. entered that. He had DeAndre Hopkins get him into the lead by like three and a half points in his fantasy matchup. And um, he, needed, yeah. he needed the Broncos to shit the bed because they started with eight points. And you, know, you tick down every time you like, hit a certain yeah, score yeah. threshold. He ended up winning that game because the Oakland Raiders destroyed them. <laughs> there was no sense. Well, I went into, uh, in my fantasy, it came down to the, the Saints game. And um, I had the kicker for the Saints, uh, but I had uh, Texan. Uh, sorry, yeah, Texans quarterback. Um, oh my god, uh, you Sean Watson. Yeah. And so I got down to that drive before his last drive, and I'm like, oh crap, they've got the stop. I'm going to get beaten. I was down by like point zero two points, <laughs> and then um, Watson got it for me done because uh, the, the other team had um, who, who's their um, wide receiver for the Saints? Uh, uh, yeah. Michael Thomas, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a great battle, but I ended up winning by like 12 points at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, uh, all right, nobody wants to hear about NFL fantasy. <laughs> I think that wraps up. Get out to the game. Buy <clears throat> tickets. Since 2017. Yeah, get your tickets. Hopefully get out there. Be part of finals win since 2009, uh, game against uh, the it was the Bulldogs. Bulldogs right? in the yeah. qualifying yeah. final. So 10 years between finals wins. So let's get out there and, uh, and cheer for it. Make it happen. Home. Against the uh, the much hated Broncos, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll catch you on the next Para podcast, wrapping up a win and looking forward to a match against either the Raiders or the Melbourne Storm. Cheers, go you bloody Blue light up. See you, boys. Cheers. Go the Eels. Things up, weaving his way through. Found Moses. He'll look to shift it. Lovely pass. Found his halves partner. Can they get it to Sebo for number three? Jennings. Jennings, Sebo, hat-trick, 20, 20 tries in his rookie season, and what a try from Parramatta.